0: Yes, let us rejoice that the light is here. Emmanuel, God with us. And we are going to invite you to stand as we sing that song together. Oh come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant.
1: scripture reading. Kirk and Paula Delavo are coming to read Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 20.
2: Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him, and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth to her And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people.
3: For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them.
1: We welcome you this evening to the special Christmas Eve worship service. We're glad that you've made this part of your evening together with other believers. We're going to receive an offering at this time to help with the expenses of this local church, Calvary Bible Church, and so I will pray as the ushers are ready to serve us in this manner. Let us pray. Our gracious and loving God, when we think of the gift of Jesus Christ, that he came that first Christmas. Took on human flesh, stepped across the galaxies that he created by the word of his mouth to come to this planet Earth with all of its problems, with all of its sin. We are caused, constrained to praise, worship, and thank you, Father, for the plan of redemption. Lord, this evening, as we consider the babe of Bethlehem, may we not forget the grown savior of the cross and empty tomb. Lord, we pray this evening that the gifts given by your people for your work would be reflective of our gratitude for the greatest gift possible, the indescribable gift of the Son of God, come to earth. Bless the remainder of this special worship service to each of our hearts. We know that you are here in the person of the Holy Spirit. We know that you reside within the blood-bought children of God. You brood over us this evening with love. And the Spirit of God is meaning to minister the Word of God to each of us in power and clarity and application. Lord, we pray for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in each life. The comfort, the power, the guidance that we need. May He impart these to us because of His faithfulness and because of His primary job description of exalting and magnifying The lord jesus christ so lord we're gathered in jesus name with gratitude this christmas eve be pleased with our worship for we ask this in the name of the day star the light of the world the lord jesus christ amen
0: let us remember the account of our savior's birth as was read Uh, a while back in the uh, Gospel of Luke as we sing this song which uh, so uh, clearly depicts that passage of scripture, While Shepherds Watched Their Flocks.
4: While shepherds watched their flocks by night all seated on the ground they Till of the Lord came down and
0: me one way and y'all would carry me the other. I didn't know which way to go. I think I went with the majority though. (laughs) Praise the Lord. How many are in this building right now and you're 11 years old or younger? I want you to come right now to the stage. Join me on the stage. If you're 11 and younger, right up on the stage. Parents, just send them on up. 11 years and under. And the adults, you can go ahead and have a seat at this time. Eleven years and under, right up. No, come, come up front, up front, up front, up front. Some on that side, some on this side. Wow. All right, we're going to allow the children to lead us, help sing one of their favorite songs, and that's Away in a Manger. So children, the words are going to be right up on that screen as you look straight ahead. And you're gonna follow uh, Carrie and Ivana with the actions, okay? We want you to do the actions as as we sing together with you, Away in a Manger.
5: He sends His only begotten Son. It's the first scripture many of us remember memorizing. The message of John 3.16 reminds us of how much we are loved by the one who created us. But what kind of God is this who doesn't rule with violent power, who pursues the people He loves by sending His one and only Son, who leaves His glory to experience our humanity,
1: Require to God be the glory. Well, we do wish a special blessed Christmas to you and all of your families. We're delighted that you're here this evening to join together with the Holy Spirit in worshiping the Lord Jesus, the babe of Bethlehem, who was the adult uh, Savior of the cross and the empty tomb, King of kings, Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the day star. John chapter one, verse nine tells us, there was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. Let me read that again. John one, nine, there was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. I think tonight we all would concede that our world currently is a very dark place. Cancer, ISIS, crime. Back when the Lord Jesus was born, it was no different. The world was a very dark place back then too. Disease, human slavery, religious exploitation, The first Christmas was the time when the true light burst onto the scene, and that light's precious name was Jesus, which means Savior. Let me circle back to John chapter one, verse nine again, our verse for this evening. There was the true light, which coming into the world, enlightens every man. There is a true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. Let me show you just two things from this one verse. And both of these things begin with the letter O. They are these, Jesus is the only light. And number two, Jesus is the opportunity light. Again, Jesus is the only light. And number two, Jesus is the opportunity light. Let's take these two truths one at a time. First, Jesus is the only light. That's what the Bible teaches. Jesus is the only light. That's why in this verse of John 1, verse 9, he is called the true light. The true light. The true light. Verse 9, again. And the and this was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. Will you note that Jesus is not called a true light? No, Jesus is called the true light. Jesus also is not called one of many lights. No. Jesus is called the true light this Christmas Eve. Please know that the Lord Jesus is not come to be one of many acceptable lights. This means that if you have the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have light. But it also means if you do not have Jesus as Lord and Savior, you do not have light and you, in fact, are in the dark. Jesus is the one and only true light. You can mark it down. You can bank on it. You can stake your eternity on it. Jesus is the only true light. Jesus alone reveals God Jesus alone banishes sin's darkness away Jesus Jesus alone enlightens the mind and the heart Jesus alone enlightens the mind and the heart Jesus alone is the shining way to God's heaven Jesus is the only light and because he is because Jesus Christ is the only light which God will ever send a, p- a planet full of rebels like me and you who are lost in sin therefore Jesus Christ has the ultimate authority over the world Jesus Christ has the ultimate authority over the Bahamas Jesus Christ has the ultimate authority over Calvary Bible Church. Jesus Christ has the ultimate authority over your local church if this is not your own church. Jesus Christ has ultimate authority over your family. Jesus Christ has ultimate authority over your marriage. Jesus Christ has ultimate authority over you. Uh, Please hear me. Since Jesus Christ is the only light which God the Father will ever send to planet Earth's sinners therefore He has ultimate authority This reminds me of an interesting Happening at sea Off the coastline of Canada Americans Wire, Please divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision Canadians wire back Recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid collision Americans, this is the captain of a US Navy ship. I say again divert your course Canadians, no, I say again you divert your course Americans This is the aircraft carrier USS Lincoln, the second largest ship in the United States Atlantic fleet. We are accompanied by three destroyers, three cruisers, and numerous support vessels. I demand that you change your course 15 degrees north, and that's one five degrees north, or countermeasures will be undertaken to ensure the safety of this ship. Canadians respond, this is a lighthouse. This is a lighthouse. Your call. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ is the only light. He has the ultimate authority over the world, over the Bahamas, over every local church that names his name, over your families, over your marriages and over each of you as individual persons. So here's the question for each of us. When Jesus Christ tells you to alter the course of your life, do you? When Jesus Christ tells you to alter the course of your life, do you? He's the only light. So he has the ultimate authority over you. You may be hear, hear this Christmas Eve candlelight worship service. And Christ, the light of Christmas, the only light, is telling you to be saved. You've had religion up to your ears. You've had trying to please God and get brownie points of a religious nature for a long time, and you're exhausted and you have no assurance, no comfort, no peace that you've actually achieved peace with God by trying your best. Or others here tonight may have walked away from the church. When you were little, your parents brought you to a church, but you never really trusted Jesus to be your savior. You knew the language, but you didn't know the Lord. You knew the jargon, but you didn't know Jesus. And you sit here tonight looking okay, knowing when to stand up and sit down to sing the hymns, and maybe you know all the carols from memory. But the truth be told, you need to be saved. You need to acknowledge your sin, and you need to acknowledge your desperate need of Jesus, and you need to turn from sin and put your full faith on Christ and Christ alone, on his finished work, and on his person as God, the only light. I invite you tonight to be saved, and I'll give you opportunity to do that a little later in this message. Jesus Christ is the only light. And so for the believers who are here, for people who know I'm saved, I'm regenerate, I'm born again, I'm converted, I'm a new person, for those of us who know that to be true, then Jesus Christ, the only light, the ultimate authority over us as believers, means that we have to honor Christ in our money, in our marriage, in our computer time when no one's looking, in our work life, in our speech, in our attitudes, in our television watching, in our educational pursuits, in our use of time, both structured and unstructured time, we who know Christ and name the name of Christ as Lord and Savior, we must understand that He, to us, is the only light. So He's the ultimate authority over every aspect of our lives that belong to Him. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. We've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Christ, therefore we glorify God in our thoughts, in our speech, and in our actions. And so, believer, will you obey Jesus, the light of Christmas, the only light, when he, as ultimate authority, tells you from his word the score, the roadmap, the agenda? The American (laughs) fleet of ships were pretty insistent, pretty self sure pretty unteachable and the canadian authorities said i'm a lighthouse jesus christ the only light says to everyone here tonight i'm a lighthouse i'm the same yesterday today and forever my character and my work lines up with the old and the new testaments i'm a lighthouse jesus says i'm the only lighthouse to get you safely from wherever you've sailed on the tempestuous seas of life, safely to port of heaven. Jesus says, I'm the only light. I'm the lighthouse. I'm ultimate authority. And so, like the Canadian authorities responded, I'm a lighthouse. Your call. Either obey my directives or crash on the rocks. Jesus says, I'm a lighthouse. I'm the only light. I'm the ultimate authority. Your call. The second truth in John 1, 9 is the truth that after Jesus Christ is the only lighthouse, the verse goes on to say Jesus Christ is the opportunity lighthouse. What does that mean? Well, let's review the verse first. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. What does this mean? That the first Christmas guarantees that every human since gets to heaven? No, why would the father send his son to an ignominious life on earth? A torturous unjust Death if everybody gets to heaven. Why would God the father do that? No many places in scripture it says That only those who transfer their trust to the finished work of Christ the only light and ultimate authority get to heaven one of the most Common verses that we memorize as little kids. John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish. Whoever believes in him should not perish. Implication being, if you don't believe in him, you perish. That's narrow. Yeah, it is. Truth is narrow. Two plus two is four. I want a narrow pilot on my next Delta flight, I want a narrow brain surgeon. I want a narrow judge if someone who killed my family member stands before him. I want a narrow judge. Truth is narrow. Jesus Christ is the opportunity light. That doesn't mean that everybody who has a pulse gets to heaven. Heaven is a gated community. It's God's home. He's entitled to say who gets in. And you don't get in without Christ. It's that simple. So when it says that Jesus was the true light which coming into the world Enlightens every man does that mean That since Jesus was born to a Virgin Mary that every person can correctly figure out things for himself or herself Kind of like an automatic enlightenment. Is that what that means? That when the true light came into the world at Christmas and doesn't mean that everybody got the same enlightenment and They can do just fine without God. I've met people this week who think they can do just fine without God Are they right? It doesn't mean that when Jesus came into the world the first Christmas as the only light, the ultimate authority, the lighthouse, it doesn't mean when it says, enlightens every man, that everybody gets the enlightenment they need to get to heaven. doesn't mean that. In Proverbs 14, verse 12, it says this, there is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Our enlightenment is so faulty that we can think we're enlightened and think we know how to get to heaven and ends in death, eternal death and hell. You say, "Why are you preaching about hell on Christmas Eve? Let's have a happy night. How can I not tell you the way to heaven on a night when many people are only here and not any other night of the year in a church? So when it says, coming into the world, Christ enlightens every man, that doesn't mean that he gives everybody all they need to get right with God in their own head. Because Proverbs fourteen twelve says there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Another verse, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, God is speaking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This blows out of the water any notion that Jesus coming in the incarnation gives the same enlightening light to everybody, and they're all okay. God says, you don't even think thoughts after me without my help you don't know my ways they're so much above your ways or in the Sermon on the Mount in uh, Matthew chapter 7 when Jesus preached with authority when those who sat on the side of the hill when he preached that magnificent Sermon on the Mount he said in Matthew seven thirteen and 14 words of Jesus enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction and many are those who enter by it for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life and few are those who find it everybody's not enlightened because they have a pulse everybody's not enlightened because jesus the light of the world came into the world so If this Christmas enlightening of every person doesn't mean universalism, everybody gets to heaven, and it doesn't mean self-sufficiency, thinking I can see because I have me. I can see because I have me. Look at me. I'm great. If that is not what it means, what does it mean? What is Christmas's enlightening of all men? What do the words mean? There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. What does that mean? It means this that Jesus was the light which gave opportunity for every person To be forgiven and to go to heaven the opportunity Jesus is the opportunity light that God's creations light gives enough light to make all persons responsible to God and to their consciences In other words, when you look at the beauty of the Caribbean Sea, you look at the beauty of a fish that's pulled out of the water, a snapper or a yellowtail, and you see the colors that God created, or you look at the mountains of the west coast of North America, the Rocky Mountains, or you look at the petals of a flower, the stamen, and all the intricacies of a flower, or you look at your newborn baby, my friends, In Rochester, New York Had a baby son yesterday Their firstborn When they look into his eyes And see that he has a mind to think And eyes to see And a mouth to coo And a mouth to eat with That is creation light But God says creation light Is only enough to say there's a creator But you have to pursue who he is And how he gets you to have fellowship with him So in a sense creation Just gives enough light to damn you If you don't respond to it That's general revelation. Creation does not produce salvation. It either leads the person to the complete light of Jesus Christ or to condemnation for those who reject Christ. It's in this sense that Jesus is the opportunity light. So what have you done with the opportunity? Jesus is the opportunity light. What have you done with the opportunity? The Bible has bad news and good news. The bad news of the Bible is about us, and the good news of the Bible is all about God. The bad news is that when you shine light onto a person, their mind, their thoughts, their attitudes, their motives, when you shine light onto that, there's sin. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and with God all means all, Romans 3.23. And then... The other thing is that we earn something for falling short of God's glory. It's like if you have a surgery, and in the surgery theater, they have these bright lights looking into the incision in your body that they're operating in, and they tell you how to care for the wound, how to keep it clean, what not to lift, what weight not to lift because you will strain the wound. If you disobey that, And you go for your follow-up checkup with the surgeon and he shines his light on your wound and it's being pulled apart It's not healing and it's infected That's like sin light shines on all of us to show that we're faulty and Because we are there's a price to pay if we don't care for the wound the light shows that it gets infected and the price We pay for falling short of God's glory is death For the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. Death is separation in the Bible. Separation ultimately from God forever. But remember I said the good news is all about God. And the good news is that God loves sinners. If you're here tonight and you're saying, man, I've blown it. I've messed up my life. The truth be told, I'm far from God. And I don't know how to get back. The good news for you tonight is that God loves you. If you were the only person on earth, God would have sent Jesus to die for you. That's how much he loves you. And to stay with this theme of light, the fact that God loves you is that somebody had to build the lighthouse on Hog Island. It cost money. It took manpower and effort. And why did they do that? Because they love mariners. And don't want to see them perish on the reefs off Hog Island, off this island. God has loved you even though you fall short, and He's proven it by sending Jesus at great cost to be your substitute, your sin payment. And that good news about God gets even better because in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Salvation is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one will boast. In this light theme, that means that when you trust Jesus to be your Savior, he gives you halogen head beams for the car of your life. And they shine down the road to show you his will and way, the safe way. That is a grace gift. If you haven't trusted Christ in these ways to be your Savior, this is how you could. You could say, Lord, I admit that I've messed up and I've sinned. I thank you that Jesus died in my place and rose from the dead. I want to turn from my sin. I want to be new from the inside out. So I transfer my trust off a church, off a behavior, off a parent, and I put it squarely on Jesus Christ alone. Make that your prayer from where you sit in silence. God heard you and he saved you. He did. But as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's John one fourteen. You know when you think about Christmas and coming out of the dark I know some Grown-ups and teens that prefer to draw their drapes in their house for whatever reasons, and they just exist in the dark I heard of a multi-millionaire in New York City a woman a widow who did that She just drawed the blinds in her expensive condo in New York City. She never let the Sun shine in She was a penny pincher she wanted to save on electricity (laughs) and she was a multi-millionaire Come out of the dark into the light. Some shepherds did that the first night when Jesus was born. And in the same region, Luke 2, 8 and 9, and in the same region there were some shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. May I interject? They were in the dark. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. They were in the dark and the angel of the lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the lord shone around them they got light and they were terribly frightened if you are a believer in jesus and you do not have a home church that you go to regularly i invite you to come to this church we'd love to have you we'd love to plug you into our family here and Help you with some ministries if you have young children or if you're middle aged or if you're a senior. We have lots of ways we can help you grow into the full stature of Christ. We would love for you to come and join this church if you don't have a home church already. You could start this Sunday morning at 11. Thank you so much for your good attention to the Word of God, and I wish you a blessed. And Merry Christmas, each and every one of you and your families. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you that Jesus is the only light and the opportunity light. I thank you that he shone into the darkness in a profound way and has been doing that ever since for those who will draw and open the curtains of their mind and hearts to him and let the light of himself come and flood their lives to change them. May that be everybody tonight, Lord. May that be everybody. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I'll just say that if you're looking for a home church, when you exit, we have some leaflets we'd like to give you that overview the ministries of our church that you may consider. Thank you.
0: Let's sing together Silent Night.
1: Please uh, stand with me. It's a very pretty sight from up here to see all your candles burning. You know, for us to have the most light reflected off of the light, the one light, the opportunity light of Jesus, we have to love each other. By this, Jesus said, Well, all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We have to uh, pull together. We have to be a team. We have to be the incredible body of Christ, a family. And um, one thing I'd like to point out is that as your candle's burning, you notice what's happening. It's being consumed. When we shine brightest for the Lord, we let our lives be consumed. There's no sacrifice that we say, that's too much for Jesus. Light your candle, Jesus has, and go, to the world of darkness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful evening. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst, and we pray that you would send us forth now into the celebration of the Lord Jesus' birth with our families, with uh, pure hearts, clean hands, and joy. And we pray this in Jesus' name, the only and the opportunity light's name, amen.